Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. I'm Sarah Reynolds. And I'm Wendy Papazan. Today, we're going to be talking about what we've been reading lately. Uh, I know, I think last time we did this episode, it was probably 2020. And at the time, we said, oh, we should visit this quarterly. And well, here we are three quarters in and we're <laughs> revisiting this topic. So the reason this is important, reading. I, that's reading. true. We've yeah. been too busy reading. Yes, we've been too bu- busy reading. But the reason we're talking about this is guys, readers are le- leaders are readers. Okay. Yep. Leaders are readers. Every, every single one of us on this podcast uh, reads many, many, many books every year. I think the average American uh, reads like less than 12 books a year, less than one a book uh, a month. And all of, all of us here read many more than that. So, and I would argue the best return on an investment you can get is from a book. There mm-hmm. isn't anything better. Yeah. $15 and some of your precious time and you can learn anything in the world. So today we're talking one, about our books. Yeah. One, one of the books that um, I'm going to share, and I think a, a, we, a couple of, we've all read it, I believe, is A CEO Only Does Three Things. And mm-hmm. in that book, he actually starts it off saying um, the average CEO, he says, reads, I think, 13 books a year, whereas the average American and just showing that leaders have to be reading, constantly reading. Uh, and I'm a big believer in making sure that you don't just read necessarily random or or, or mm-hmm. hop a lot. I know you guys are good with uh, more personal reads and business reads, right? Mm-hmm. I lean mm-hmm. very bit business. I know that's shocking for everyone. Uh, but I try to have it be a focused sort of uh, reading topic versus re- jumping around to lots of different things, depending on what our business is needing at the time. So keeping mm-hmm. focused with your reading is good too. Gary has always said to us too, the fastest way to learn or grow through a problem is to realize that others have lived before you. And there's two ways you can do that. Number one is to find somebody who's done what you're trying to do and go interview them, make a relationship. But the other easy way is to read a book about it um, and about somebody who's mastered that. You know, and I think about like Gary has his list of like short stack of books next to his desk that he keeps at all times, you know, and it's like Abraham Lincoln's in there. Like there's these amazing leaders um, and books that he has on his short list that he refers back to often um, because we can, you know, we can learn so much from people that have lived before us. And so I loved Sarah's comment about reading with a purpose or reading with a specific goal, because I think if you're, if you're stuck somewhere in your life or you're needing, and I think several of us have things on our list that have like helped us through challenges this year that we'll share with you. Um, but I think if you're stuck somewhere or really wanting to grow into another role, opportunity, business, whatever, um, reading through that and growing through that's an awesome opportunity to do it. You know, it just dawned on me, Wendy and I have to warn our listeners and say, <laughs> because say, they might have to carry this entire podcast because it just, it just dawned on me. Um, yes. Like not mm-hmm. as normal. The- like we're normally better than this. And we are in Thank our, you. <laughs> we're, we're in our fourth round of a 72 hour fast. So our fourth, well, no, this one is a, we're third day 96. of 40, 96 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So here's what we're doing. Yeah. We're doing a 14 day fast. We're doing three days of fasting. You get one meal, three days of fasting, you get another meal, 
three days of fasting, you get another meal, and then you do four days of fasting. So we're on the third day of the fourth round of fasting. So 100% that gap in my thinking that you heard earlier in the podcast is a result of no carbs. (laughs) Wendy's just thinking about the potato chips she wish she had right now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um That's totally I, I fair. I never thought I would look for <laughs> I never thought I would look forward to my apple cider vinegar water I know. little drink in the morning mm. as I, I am now. But so I so know. say if we if you hear us multiple times, <laughs> I got say, you. Save, save me, say. I got pauses. you. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for it all. And you know, I the reason why I didn't do this with you guys is because I turned 40 on Monday and I was like, I um I'm going to be thoroughly enjoying Happy that. birthday. So, thank you. I know. It's a new decade. I'm so excited. What are you doing for your 40th? Um, I, Nick has some stuff planned. I am not privy to it. So I don't know. I'll let you know when it happens. Um, mm. but we're Sounds like fun. fun. Yeah, we're going to have fun. Sounds like fun. And we're doing yeah. an 80s themed uh, partner gathering on Tuesday right afterwards. And it was very humbling that like half of my team was like, um, so what was really cool about the 80s? Because we weren't there. And I was like, Mm. I'm going to send you a mixtape about the 80s so that you can learn about it. But how would they play it? I know. They wouldn't even know how to play it. It was amazing. They like yeah. they were like, I was like, dude, I started just sending all of the amazing things of the 80s to them that it and you know, just completely I mean, are the amazing 80s in their life. Great. They were they good. Weren't I had a great yeah. childhood in the 80s. They were awesome. Well, I did too. <laughs> uh, all, right. all right. So what do you what do you guys what are you guys reading? What are you guys reading? Do you want to start with business? We can go into business. Yeah, we can go into business. Uh, well, I read a lot of books. I was looking, I keep track, first of all, I keep track of all my books. If you guys don't keep track of your books, I would highly recommend that you do that. Just make a little list of the books that you're reading. And then I would also, if you guys don't feel like you read enough, I would make it a goal of yours. So it's on my 411. Uh, I track it every single week. And my goal is to read 36 books a year, which is about three books a week, uh, three books a month. Sorry. Um, I read a lot of fiction, nonfiction, weird stuff. I like different things. Um, if I was more focused like Sarah, I'd be making $40 million in my business. But I, I like to... I like to I like to to spice it up. So variety is the spice of life for me. Um, one of the books that I read earlier this year is called The Power of Regret by Daniel Pink, and uh, it was a really good book, which sort of turned this idea of regret on its ears. Mm. And it's a quick read. Uh, you know, Daniel Pink puts lots of interesting stories and research in there. Yeah. But the idea behind it is, is we think of regret as a bad thing, but actually regret is something that can propel us forward Absolutely. and uh, make us better people and move us forward in, in our lives and our business. So that was my, one of my top ones from probably the first quarter. I like that. One that I went back and reread I love that. that's been sitting on our shelf for a long time is Tim Ferriss's 4-Hour Workweek. I feel like I was just making mm. everything too hard. Um, I just kind of woke up and I was like, why is this so hard? Why am I making this so hard? So I went back and reread the four-hour work week. Um, and I love it because it's a great reminder that you can really simplify things down to um, something so much cleaner and easier than you really have to make it. Um, and so it's just a great reminder. He's got some great hacks in there. Um, and especially with us living out of two different locations now, being in Michigan part of the time and Dallas part of the time, there's a bunch of life hacks that he has in there now. Like that I didn't need when I first read it, but that have been great now 
like living in two different locations. So that's been a, a really good one to revisit that I'm really glad I, I picked back up this year. That's George's favorite book. Is it? My it's husband. good. Yeah. Yeah. He, he loves it. He has implemented a lot um, while running. He runs our mortgage company uh, and has implemented a lot in there. So that's pretty cool. I think for me, for if we're going back to first quarter, um, I, I, I dove into, I, I'm doing a lot of like rereading, I'm noticing this year, um, of books that I think are really needed uh, for me for the time where our business is at. And so I reread um, Jim Collins' How the Mighty Fall. So Jim Collins obviously is, is most famous for Good to Great. Uh, and then when the Great Recession happened, he wrote the book, um, How the Mighty Fall. And, you know, our organization is now quite the size, <laughs> you know, almost 300 team members. Um, revenue is, is a lot. Uh, we have a lot going on. And I just thought I need to make sure I'm understanding what to watch out for when you're bigger and how you can fall. Obviously, I'm not as anywhere close to the companies that he talks about in the book. But it's it's a fascinating read because he studied businesses that grew and were at their prime, and then literally they fell. Some have actually re- rebuilt. It's just, it, but it's fascinating. Um, and it, it, I think it was written in 2012, and so there's also been about a decade worth of also data that I could I could look at in terms of some of the things that he mentioned. But I did want to for our for our um, listeners, I want to share the stages, and I I highly recommend if you are serious about empire building to really read this book and, and make sure that you understand these stages to watch out for. And especially the first one. So, um, the first stage is hubris born of success, which we actually were just talking about this, um, before we started recording. Uh, but it's, it sets in when people become arrogant regarding success virtually as an entitlement and they lose sight of the true underlying, underlying factors that created success in the first place. It makes, there's a Bible verse that says pride cometh before fall. And I'm like, yeah, that's step one, right? Arrogance. And so I wanted to share that with everyone, but that was a, a book that's made a big impact on me this year. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I've, I read that uh, probably about five years ago. So good. Yeah. Really yeah. so good. It's been a while. It's a good reminder um, to pick that one back up. Yes. Uh, well, one of the books I enjoyed when I was on vacation in Lake Tahoe was The Lifestyle Investor. I read the whole thing when I was there. I don't know if y'all have read that, uh, but really good. Um, written by my neighbor, actually. Oh, Seychelles got a copy right there. Written by my neighbor, Justin Donald. He actually, yeah, his kids actually go to our school. Uh, so awesome. he was kind enough several years ago before he became famous and wrote this book to sit down with me and help me with some things. So super and super nice guy, super good guy. And it's really a book about his investing rules and hacks. Um, I took a ton of notes from it. And um, his whole idea is, is that you start investing in things that give you cash flow right away. So it's not long term. It's really just starting to invest and and then really living the life that you want. So um, he talks a lot about financial freedom, but then unlike a lot of books that sort of talk about financial freedom and tout it, he actually gives you really you know his criteria for investing mm-hmm. and what he looks for and 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 kind of just 
opens the, uh, you know, opens his cloak and you get to see everything that he's done. Uh, so highly, highly recommend that one. If you're looking for interested in financial freedom or, um, talks a lot about syndication, um, starting his own syndication network. It's really good. That is awesome. Um, we, I have a couple of personal ones and we've got several business we read this year, which were really cool. But one I read that was a personal one. Um, I've admitted before I'm like a huge fan of World War II um, stories. I just find it fascinating. Um, and one that I, <laughs> I was read, like, you're a fan of, of the not war. Fan, not a fan of war, but like I, <laughs> best thing if that you ever think happened. about it, like, yeah, best thing that ever happened. No, I didn't mean it like that. That was not my intention for sure. Are, are we sure I'm not the one that's been fasting over here? Um, so <laughs> this book is called, <laughs> this book is called Unbroken, a World War II story of survival. And it's about, um, this, uh, it's about an Air Force pilot that was flying um, actually on a rescue mission to go help rescue one of their downed planes during World War II. And um, their plane goes down. And he and one of his um, crewmates survive the crash. This happens in the first chapter, so this is not surprising. Um, but he survives and ends up floating for like 46 days across the ocean and gets picked wow. up by the Japanese wow. and like his entire That's life. It is, it's one of those where you're just like, what? Like it, the, I would say that like the writing is more technical because there's a lot of detail and you can tell he wanted to get the story right with his co-author, Laura, that wrote it. But just reading it, my jaw was just on the floor of just like, humans are capable of the most incredible, amazing things. And hearing his story of resilience and survival and it what he did like with this life fast. after that. Yes. It's, it's like you're fast. It's like this fast. It really is. Only that sounds easier. <laughs> <laughs> I, think what, yeah. I think what Say is saying is if we write a book about these last 14 days, we mm -hmm. will be I just know. as fascinated of a story. We should. We should. Well, and really uh, if you like World War II, uh, one of the books that I read uh, earlier this year is called The Diamond Eye. And it's Ooh. about a Russian sharpshooter. She uh, actually took out more enemy enemies in World War II in Russia than anybody else. And she's a woman. I'm going to need to and, read that. Uh, it, it was the, it's, it's really good. You'd love it because you'll get, you'll get, I'm the same. Right. I love, what I love about reading the fiction about World War II is you kind of get different perspectives. So you get yes. to hear the English side of things. And yeah. then, well, this is the Russian side. Yeah. I would, so I would love to eye. read it. Like, and I haven't really learned as much about like the whole experience in Japanese like POW camps. And so like Unbroken totally goes behind the scenes of like what was happening in Japan during the war, like from the Japanese side. Um, so I would love to read The Diamond Die. Um, our neighbor that actually yeah, just- by Kate Quinn. Kate Quinn. Okay. I'm going to put that down. Thank good. you. Mm -hmm. You guys, Sarah, you guys what about are you? so good at, you guys are so good with your personal reads. So I was like, what am I reading that's not business? And I'm like, you can Bible. focus on no, business. I, yes, I do, re I do <laughs> read the Bible. Well, well I the Bible that's a good I book. Believe, is actually the best business book. Uh, yes. So many mm -hmm. good principles there. Okay, but what I'm also personal. Yes. Uh, is a, the planets. I know all about every planet and <laughs> how many moons they have. Yay. And did you know that the, and of course I'm blanking because of the past, um, the closest planet to the sun is not the hottest planet. Really? You know no. no. It's so, Mars, isn't it? 
No, it's the second one because the planet was Lincoln tells me this, my three-year-old, because I said, no, you're wrong. The heart, I'm arguing with my three-year-old. He was right. He knows everything about planets. And so I read about planets almost every night. That's my personal read. <laughs> so if you need, Which if you need anything about our solar system, let me know. <laughs> Okay, good. Well, one of my favorite things about having little kids is that you get to learn all that weird stuff. Yeah. You know, they get in these little fascination phases and you get to to Uh, learn it. Sarah, I'm going to go find in Quinn's room. There's a a book that's like all these fun facts about astronauts in space. That's like funny facts you Mm. would never think about that. It's, it's like almost like a joke book, but it's all about astronaut like facts of things that happen when you're in space. I'll see if I can find it and send it to you because it's a really good book. So another personal book that I read is written also by another neighbor. Uh, Her name is Amanda Ward, and uh, she's a fiction writer, and she wrote it about my neighborhood. So all the neighborhood moms were like, who's who? Who am I? Yeah. Yeah. Who am I? And she writes about a neighborhood realtor power couple whose Mm -hmm. names are Whitney and Jules. And you guys, Whitney's the bad guy in the book. What did you do to take who, who her off? Who is you, right? That's- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know it's me, but I mean, it's just the coincidence is there. So Amanda, if you're listening, what the heck? Anyway, it's a good book. You should get- read it. It's called, the, it's called The Lifeguards. It's called The Lifeguards. Ooh. Yeah, it's about, it's about Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. I love that. We're going to have to pick that one up. I um, have been getting back into another revisit, which I'm excited to be like just finished with. It's called Multipliers by Liz Wiseman. Mm. And it's all about, right, like how how does one person go work for one company and marginally succeed and they go to another company and exponentially like succeed, their output's better. Like how do some people get 10% out of their people and other people get 200% out of them? And so I, I love that concept, um, especially having been with like our core operations team for so long, you know, I, I love to figure out how do you maximize um, somebody's output and potential to see them succeed at the highest level. So I've been revisiting that one because that's something we're focusing on with our team um, and really how, figuring out how to do that. So that, that book uh, hit me the hardest when I read it probably out of any book because mm-hmm. I'm a positive person. I thought I right. was a multiplier. It talks about the difference mm-hmm. between a multiplier and a diminishing leader. Right. And when when it describes some of the things a diminisher says, I had no idea that I say those I was saying those things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like mm-hmm. it is it's so um this is why I think Gary Keller's mission, right, with um teaching leaders how to think. Yeah. Is so um, valuable because he definitely multiplies versus diminishes um, Mm -hmm. in terms of people's ideas and what they bring to the table. And Mm -hmm. I think that that was, that's something I've learned from watching him. Uh, But definitely that's an awesome book. Say, Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, and this is totally random, but speaking of your operations team or your core team, Seychelle, you Mm -hmm. know, Marie on your team is also doing this crazy fast with us. She looks incredible. She is so awesome. She's so awesome. Yep. So the other book, um, well, one of the other books that I read this year is uh, The Hard Things About Hard Things by Ben 
Horowitz. Mm-hmm. And it is a an awesome book about um, really his story. It, it, it's been one of my, I think, one of my most fun reads for me from a business standpoint because he tells stories the entire time mm-hmm. of things he learned, yeah. and it was mm-hmm. um, eye opening. My favorite part was he tells the difference between a wartime CEO and a peacetime CEO, and you know yeah. we're entering into some, we're in some rockier times right now. And I think re-looking at uh, how you have to lead differently in wartime and sense of urgency and getting into the details mm-hmm. and things like that it was just, it validated, I think, some of the things that I was I was doing anyways, but sort of questioning at the level my business was. I wasn't sure if I was de-empowering my people by getting more in it. Uh, but he sort of validated like where I was going with it. When it's wartime, you got to do what you need to do to keep your business going. So really good book. I love that. I love that. Um, probably one of the favorite books I read at the be- the first half of this year is a book. It's called Falling Upward, and it's mm. a spirituality for the two halves of life. It's by Richard Rohr. He's a, mm. a Christian. Uh, he's a Catholic priest. Mm. And um, he talks a lot about how, you know, because I'm 50, I'm 51. And uh, so I, 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 I do feel like maybe for men, but especially for women, when you hit around 50, I, I see it in our, in our circle. You know, I see it in some of the women where we're kind of moving on to different things. Um, once your children leave the, leave the nest. Mm-hmm. And so he talks about how like the first half of your life is really, uh, you've got your loyal soldier mentality where you're doing yeah. all the right things. You're mm. you're building your business. You're being a good mother. You're being a, a good wife. You're, um, you know, just all of those things. And then how the second half of your life is an opportunity for real spiritual maturity where you get to kind of discharge your loyal soldier and you get to find a place where your soul, you know, has found its place you know, so, um, and it just really talks about your connection to the bigger picture, your connection to God, your connection to the universe. And, uh, mm-hmm. he's also, uh, it's also full of like really interesting, um, stories about his life as a, um, you know, he, he actually is very derisive of the church, uh, because the church can be, um, can diminish, you know, that part of people where it, Sometimes the church just wants wants you to be that loyal soldier and not necessarily remember your connection to God and mm. and and even to Jesus. So I found it fascinating. Um, I'm personally on a spiritual journey um, with the second half of my life, and so I really connected with it. I loved it. That that's that awesome. sounds like that sounds like what we've been able to observe with say running towards her joy. So, yeah, I, I totally resonated with me when you were yet, saying not that. Not even 40 yet. Almost. No, I I definitely feel like yeah, I'm I'm at a huge um I, I don't know what the word is. Yeah, I'm I'm at a big like pivot and change in in my life right now, which is it's exciting. It's hard, but it's exciting. Um one that Um, If any of you guys are going through um, challenging times at all with family members or losing people, one book that um, personally I'm reading that's been really good is called um, Final Gifts by Maggie Callanan. She's a hospice um, nurse and she and several hospice Hmm. nurses together 
wrote this book about um, how to be mindful and awareness when you have family members that are in their final stages of life um, or in their final days, weeks, months, and, and what to look for, what questions to ask, how to help open up the conversation and also give them peace and comfort. Um, actually, one of our Empire Circle members, Lucy, sent it to me and said it was really helpful for her. And it's been um, amazing. It's an amazing read if you are walking with somebody in that final journey. I actually sent it to my mom too because it was so good. Um, but it's it's a short, easy read. It's not super like in in the weeds, but it really gives you some great things to look for and ask and be mindful of when you're walking with somebody in that journey. So that's been a really good one for me personally. Kind of if you're well, working on that things, that's because- one I'm working on. Yeah. Well, I, I just love that because we're never really taught that, you know, we're, no. we're a culture where we celebrate growth and life and we, mm-hmm. we don't really have good rituals for the yeah. most part. Most Americans don't have good rituals around, around death and dying yeah. and uh, we don't talk and, about it. We really don't talk no, about it. No, we don't. I mean, and y'all know I'm that weirdo that like, if you guys want to talk about your wills, states, trusts, life planning, life insurance, death, any of that, I'm happy to chat with you about it. Um, it's it's kind of a morbid topic, but I'm oddly passionate about the conversation around it. And it was amazing. I'm reading this book and my mom, um, who has been so loyal and wonderful with my dad in these final, um, you know, final phases, um, is talking to me about how my dad was sitting there saying like, um, you know, he's telling me his mom is here. Um, he's hallucinating, like he's ta- he's talking to me about his body shutting down, you know, and then hospice nurses and I keep trying to tell him, you're not shutting down, you're not dying, like, you know, we don't want him to think he's dying. And like, I'm reading this book and it's like, it, it was so good about like breaking down, like when people like are in their final stages, they do see people that passed before them oftentimes. And they do have different experiences and they are trying to figure out a way to talk about what's happening to them and to understand mm-hmm. it. And it was, um, it was just, I, I was wow. literally like reading the chapter as she's telling me this and I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to read this book right now, like right now. Um, and so it's, it's been really helpful for us um, in, in walking with him in that. So it's been, it's been an, a, a really instructional book for that. Sarah, what Hold else up. are you reading? Yeah. Like I'm, that was so deep, say. And I'm like, well, 13, <laughs> 13 fatal errors. You know what? They will make and how to avoid them. Speaking of death and dying, let's talk about management. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the death of your management style. Um. Yeah. So, so my my uh, degree is in business with a specialty in management. And I actually don't use that word very much because I'm so pro-growth. I know uh, I, I definitely feed into that, right? Well, it's important to me, one of my core values, that I I view management as staying the same, even though I have a whole degree mm-hmm. in management. But I've sort of almost forgotten all the lessons that I learned. Well, I, I haven't forgotten. That's how I've, I've managed many people for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of it came from my education, but one class was on this book. It's an old, old book. Um, but it is an entire class semester was spent on this book, which was 13 fatal errors managers make mm. and how you can avoid them, uh, by Stephen Brown. And it is such a powerful, like practical, like how to yeah. handle things, <laughs> How to handle, you know, people. I last last week we were all with Gary, and he said, 
you know, business is easy. People are hard. Yes. And so much of our skill in empire building is how, is how we manage people. You know, that's what we, that's what we do. Um, our relationship with people, how we talk with them, how we make sure that they're, that, that we own our mistakes, you know, coming in from that mindset versus blaming it always on our people and just really key, key things that I had totally forgotten about that I had learned in school that I'm reading again this year. And um, I'm actually making this the focus of our leadership advance next week that we're mm, doing. I love that. Mm. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the books that Gary has by his, you know, not bedside table, but it's the one he refers to constantly. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. And it's, and it is an old book. It came out in 1987. Yeah. yeah. So probably when he picked it up, it was brand new. Actually, Seychelles, you could, you could use it for your 80s party. <gasps> I'm going to use it for my 80s party. Should I dress up as the 13 fatal errors? <laughs> Just like totally dunk them. <laughs> yes, I'm going to do it. That's so awesome. Forget neon. We're 13 fatal errors. Who says I'm not sharp right now? Come on. <laughs> well, you're still funny. <laughs> yes, it's true. I love it. Wendy, you had an it. autobiography on your list. What's your autobiography you read? I did. So I read Will Smith's autobiography. I love autobiographies. I always have mm-hmm. loved them. Um, I guess I'm a people person, but it's for me, it's, I me learn. Too. That's one of the people ways stories. I learn is through other people's yeah. stories. Yeah. yeah. Even when I was a kid, when I was in elementary school, I actually read all the biographies in my elementary school library. I don't know if it was all, but I felt like wow. it was a lot of them. Yeah. Cause I was so interested in it. Yeah. And so I usually read several autobiographies. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year I read Barack Obama, which I loved. It was a tome. Oh, it was like a thousand yeah. pages. That's a big one. Um, but I read Will Smith's autobiography and um, it was pretty good. He actually gets very vulnerable in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about kind of the, um, he had a unrelenting drive for success that his father literally beat into him and um, mm. and how it almost destroyed his whole life. And mm. so it was really interesting because if you think about wow. it, here is someone who, who has made, I don't even know, 13, 14, 15, yeah. 20 of the lot. top yeah. grossing movies of all time. Like yeah. Will Smith has never made a dud. If he yeah. did, it was like right at the beginning of his career. And a television star a rapper, mm-hmm. all the things, right? Beautiful Seriously. wife, kids and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, but it's just like a, a kind of like a peek behind the curtain. Um, he talks about his relationship with his kids and how he was really pressing them for success and how um, mm-hmm. his daughter did a did some kind of, um, she was on stage and she did yeah. this like, it was like a hair tour or yeah. something like that. I don't know if you remember it. She had a song. Yeah, she had a song too. A so, song. Yeah, I she had a song. And, back and forth. Yeah. I w- yeah. Yes. And, 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 and at one point she said, dad, I'm done with that. I'm, I just want to move on with my life. And yeah. he's like, no, 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 you need to do it. You need to go for it. Like he was really pushing her. And, uh, and so she went into the bathroom and she shaved her hair off. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like a turning wow. point for him mm-hmm. uh, where he was like, okay, yeah, I need to, I got to figure this out. Yeah. I got to figure it out. I, I can't be this unrelenting, nonstop parent, husband, person, mm-hmm. coworker, everything. Uh, wow. So 
It was really good. I thought I enjoyed it. And it's, you know, it's Will. So he's, it's like funny. Yeah, he's so too. he's a funny guy. Yeah. So a lot of the stories are funny. And you get to hear about his early days uh, as a rapper and how all that came about. Oh and so gosh. it's just, it's really interesting. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. I read um, Molly Shannon's autobiography mm, this year. I love her. And um, I didn't know a lot about her upbringing. And she was raised by a single dad. Her mom died really young. And, um, and she lost her baby sister and her mom in a car wreck, like really young. And um, so she was, she and her sister were raised by their dad and their dad had a lot of quirks and flaws as, you know, I think all of our kids could say about all of us as parents. I know Quinn would be happy to tell you I've got plenty of quirks and flaws too. Um, (laughs) But something that I was fascinated by was how just completely supportive of like Molly that her dad was. Um, like never wavered on his support for her. She had a totally wild, you know, unbridled sense of humor. And he never tried to put that down. She wanted to do acting. He never discouraged her. She wanted to do it in comedy. He never said no. Like he just was like, let's do it. Like, and I, I love, you know, when so many hard things in life happen so fast for all of them. And that family, he could have really taken a different turn and, and really squashed a lot of her dreams and told her they were unrealistic or, or put her down. And uh, it was so wonderful to read about just how special that relationship was for her in her life. And I, it was just a great reminder, I think, for us as parents, like supporting our kids, even in the wild, weird, crazy stuff. I mean, you look at some of her SNL skits, right? Like she's got a wild... We got to introduce Quinn to Molly Shannon. I mean, that was fantastic in itself. But yeah, it was just... It was amazing to read about um, that parental support and that relationship that they built um, that gave her the confidence to be one of the first really successful females in comedy, Um, you know, at a time when that wasn't really celebrated. So it was really cool. That's awesome. It was a good book. Yeah. All all those stories are so, so inspiring when you read and get to hear what it really took, right? Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. Behind the scenes and also their, their true story. That's awesome. So guys, we went from investing to planets, mm-hmm. to um, managing people, to uh, leadership, uh, all the variety, um, awesome autobiographies. Uh, I took multiple notes uh, and wrote down the books that I'm going to, I'm going to reread the four hour work week. That was such a good reminder. Me too. And, oh, 100%. Uh, Highly recommend. 100%. The Power of Regret sounds like a book yeah. I need to read for sure too. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Thank you guys for uh, joining us, all our amazing listeners. We do uh, want to spread the word about our podcast. Uh, We get so touched when our listeners share the impact that this podcast has made on your life, on your business, uh, and we want to impact more people's lives. That's actually why we do this um, Mm -hmm. is for that. And we cannot impact people's lives if our listeners don't tell people about it. So how you can do that is by giving us a five-star review, uh, sharing it on social media, tagging us on social media, but we would love, uh, to grow, uh, the impact that the empire building community is making, uh, through our listeners. And so if you found this episode helpful, please share it or your, your, your favorite episode, go ahead and share it, uh, and tag us in it. And that would mean so much to us. Uh, But keep living uh, a big business. Keep working towards that big business. But while you're doing it, do not forget to continue or lean towards having a bigger life. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye, guys.